You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. Have you been you know, wondering where not only mass adoption comes or how we onboard brands into this space, or maybe even some of the, the nostalgic plays of, uh, with some high-quality IP and, and hopefully entering some of them into our world uh, as far as NFTs? Well, I got a guest for you. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the projects uh, that he's been working, some of the big brands that he's been working with. Uh, and it just happens a couple of them are in our, our collection, which uh, I will highlight here in a minute. Uh, before I do so, definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference, that is happening in October uh, in beautiful San Diego, California. So if you are looking to level up on everything, NFTs, Web3, crypto, metaverse, creator coins, all of that fun, definitely make sure uh, to check out Crypto Business Conference. We, of course, will put uh, links down there uh, in the show notes. Before we bring out our guest, uh, I do want to highlight one of our projects that we are buying an NFT every day for a year, and it's slightly a throwback. It's actually a throwback uh, to April 9th. So back on April 9th, uh, we actually minted with the Recur Pass uh, a Star Trek NFT. So it was uh, 250 USD, 0.09 uh, Ethereum, and it was actually the first of three uh, NFTs that we minted uh, through the Recur Pass, which uh, it kind of sets us up, uh, you know, beautifully uh, for this conversation that we're going to have uh, today. So, with that being said, let me bring in our guest. And Zach, thanks so much for joining us on the the show today. Let the audience know a little bit about yourself and what Recur is, and then we'll get into some of the questions. Hey, yeah, uh, great to be here. I love the show. Uh, so I'm Zach Brush. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Recur. Uh, historically, our team has built some of the most widely used institutional and enterprise-grade infrastructure in the crypto space. And in the NFT world, we're creating and have built an NFT platform to power and enable creators of all sizes. So today, we power the Web3 experiences for some of the world's largest brands, folks like Paramount, uh, so Star Trek, as you mentioned, Nickelodeon, uh, and so many other properties they have. Uh, Sanrio's Hello Kitty, which is actually launching later next week, Care Bears, uh, and so many other properties. But not only are we creating the actual ex experiences from the front end side, uh, but we've built the underlying platform that we are opening up and going to allow so many different types of businesses and artists and creatives and really whoever to build on top of going forward. So it's really a powerful platform. I, lo I love that. And, and I've actually mentioned that here on the show a couple of times. You know, I... You know, we've done a lot. We've minted across a bunch of different uh, blockchains and, you know, moving multi-chain, uh, let's just say uh, eight months ago when we started this was a was a nightmare. I I have a creator coin on Rally, the L2 uh, there on Ethereum. And, you know, like I ended up just doing a mirrored NFT on Ethereum rather than even worrying about some of those things. But here on the podcast, I actually talked about the idea of, you know, I moved the Care Bears NFT with, uh, you know, I, I minted it on on the platform, on the Recur platform. I exported it to Ethereum, was able to do things with it there. I actually deposited it back on and it was an extremely seamless, uh, you know, platform. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'd love to hear, you know, like you and I were on uh, some spaces together and I, I really like your your vision and mission. And I'm curious just from like your background and some of like that you know, initial recur uh, phase. Like I remember, you know, like to be just kind of honest, I remember seeing the recur pass, not really understanding what it was going to give me. Like the, you know, for those in context, right, there wasn't a lot of like pre-mint passes or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, early access um, things that were going on. There weren't as kind of trendy, I think, as they have become um, now, but I loved the logos on the website. I was like, whoa, okay. If you're bringing on these brands that, that, that speaks to me. Talk to us a little bit about like, how did the recur come to life and, and how did that kind of tap into some of your, your background and your experience? Absolutely. So I've been in crypto forever and, and most of our team has. So when we were starting the business, 
to us, we recognized that this movement was about to happen in the NFT ecosystem. Like something was brewing. And as we were exploring the ecosystem, we realized that that from the infrastructure level, it wasn't too great and it wouldn't allow people to be onboarded into the space seamlessly. So historically in the past, our team has built, like I mentioned, a lot of the early stuff. So I was at Kraken about five years ago. Um, other folks on our team built USDC and Circle and a slew of other crypto businesses. And we ran a lot large trading desks and things like this. Uh, and so for us, when we looked at the space and we recognized and saw what was happening, we said to ourselves, how can we create a platform that makes it so seamless, so easy to onboard the masses into crypto via NFTs? And NFTs would be their gateway or their portal or their access point into this greater crypto world because NFTs were uniquely different than other crypto products that oftentimes seem financial. NFTs, anybody really understands and gets. So we recognize we can go out and build this platform, but we needed something that could showcase the platform. So then we went out and, and structured deals with some of the world's largest enterprises and some of the most significant IP in the world to show the world what's even possible, to make it really easy so that my mom can pick up her phone and scan her face and use Apple Pay to buy an NFT. Like that's how you onboard the masses. And what's really interesting is we have a pretty massive user base today. And majority of those people are net new crypto users. And it's exciting to see because a lot of them are also exploring just like you, like you did and withdrawing the asset withdrawing the NFT, trading it on OpenSea and then bringing it back. And so for us every day, we think as a team, how are we making crypto more accessible to the masses? How are we onboarding as many people as possible? So it's not just bringing them into a Care Bears experience or Sanrio experience, but also how are they engaging there and then learning something new about crypto. And we're seeing that activity happen. And you see trading on OpenSea and on other you know, third party exchanges happening, which shows people are really going out and exploring. So it's, it's, it's been really exciting. No, I love that. I mean, and, and I mean, and where it's come from, like when I first was like, okay, we'll see what this pass, uh, you know, kind of becomes when we first, you know, got it. And then, you know, now, you know, I think three collections and all, you know, in about four months, which is, or three months, I guess there, it's been a, a wild ride. You know, one of the things you mentioned, you know, being early in crypto and, and having that context, um, I was not, I, I was early on blockchain, like blockchain I've been talking about uh, since kind of it started because I worked helping brands kind of understand, you know, cloud and then understanding, okay, what does blockchain enable? And so like, I mean, I love the idea of onboarding brands, but we, we also know that this space has had a pretty bad reputation for the way brands have entered. And I'm curious, you know, as those that were kind of crypto native and way early on crypto, Kind of the the play to bring on brands and like the mass adoption, I'm guessing did not always get like the the love from a lot of the the, the natives because we've had we've had some of the early uh, we had Mac and a couple of the early uh, people here on the podcast and the last thing they want is you know mass adoption and and brands in the in the playground but we also know that's how every early adoption goes. How did you guys kind of go through that kind of knowing that? You know, there were, you know, hopefully going to be better examples of brands outside of your platform. But how did you guys kind of walk through that knowing that it might kind of ruffle some of the OG feathers, but you also knew that it's going to open doors to people that have really just been confused by the whole space and you're giving kind of that entry point? So it all goes back to our experience, you know, let's call it five years ago. Like I literally remember calling every single family office or institution and saying, hey, you got to check out Bitcoin or Ethereum and try to get them to come to come trade and engage. And it was a very slow process. First, they had one person maybe at the firm wanting to learn about it. And then they had a little team. And then finally, like years later, it took almost like four or five years, they actually are now starting to trade it. And now you see institutions are putting Bitcoin uh, on their balance sheet. So that process took five years. And we as a team have all been, we're all part of it in different avenues. And we saw it develop and grow. Our team also built USDC, which is today like a $55 billion uh, stable coin. And that also helped onboard the masses and the institutions and the corporates because it allowed them to participate in a way that they felt a little bit more familiar with. So when we were looking at this space, our view was how can we onboard really incredible IP and storytellers into this ecosystem and their fan bases, onboard them in a way that's familiar, but also make sure that it's authentic to the crypto ecosystem and community. And understanding what's authentic to the crypto community is something that we get because we grew up in this industry and helped build it. So you notice things on our platform, like, of course, you can play, play with, you know, pay with crypto. You can withdraw the NFT 
uh, and take it wherever you want. So if you want to have self-custody, you can. You can swap it cross-chain. We built a seamless chain swap, right? No one has that. Uh, so you can go and explore different types of, of blockchains and eventually take it to different applications that are built on top of those chains. Maybe a killer application is built on top of Polygon that you're going to want to go and have this NFT to participate or maybe it's a marketplace on Ethereum, or maybe it's some you know game or social media app on an avalanche or some other chain to come. So yeah, our, our view was the big guys are going to come in eventually. And then it's who's going to bring them in? Because if it wasn't us, then they might be ushered in in a, in a way that's not authentic. And if you look into the space of who's trying to bring in IP, you kind of see some of that sometimes. Sometimes things look a little cash grabby. Sometimes there are walled gardens where you can't even withdraw the NFT. And then is that even an NFT? So like a huge part of our thesis is if you can't take an NFT wherever you want, like that's not real ownership. So you need to be interoperable. You need to be able to withdraw and you need to be able to do whatever you want with this asset. So we did think a lot about the crypto community and wanted to make sure we created a product that was authentic to the crypto ecosystem. And then we also thought about all the new people, right? There's going to be billions of people in the NFT space in the next 10 years. And those people need to enter in a way that's really simple. And if you look at the space a year and a half ago, it was like e-commerce in 2010. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's hard. And now with the Recur platform, you literally can make an account in under 15 seconds. You can purchase in under five seconds and you can go trade and explore and withdraw all seamlessly uh, with you know one or two clicks. And this allows for this mass adoption to happen. And so the way we look at it is how can we provide this incredible tool set to creators of any size so that they too can bring in their audiences, grow it and make sure that a whole wide range of people can go and, and then explore crypto. So yeah, I, we totally were thinking about how we we're making sure we're staying authentic and onboarding these large brands into the ecosystem in a way that's authentic to crypto. Because by the way, if they did not want to come in into the, into the way that we felt was authentic for the crypto ecosystem, we won't do business with them. And, and we say that we've turned down, I mean, huge businesses because they wanted to create more of a walled garden. And that didn't really align with our ethos of, of a business. So, you know, for us, it's how are we onboarding as many people as possible into the crypto ecosystem? And how are we staying authentic to what this space is supposed to be? I, I mean, I think that's such an important piece. I, I, I rant a lot about, you know, being you know, important of, you know, telling people no that aren't, you know, willing to, you know, understand. My, you know, my, my team was confused. We turned down an advisory, you know, with a project that had come to us and kind of hitting us hard. And there were some things that I was like, these are things that are essential. And they wouldn't budge and I passed on it. I don't think they, they saw that. So I can appreciate that piece. I can also, you know, I think there's also something beautiful in like just the, you know, it, where, where this whole space has kind of gone in a, you know, from a year ago, even uh, to where we're at now and kind of, you know, because there has been some bad examples. And I think a lot of it is, you know, web two agencies in many cases that are just trying to throw something out there. Um, even some, you know, let's just say agencies that are presenting themselves as web three, but aren't, you know, fully understanding it more than a collectible or, well, I like to say more than a uh, participation trophy on the blockchain, which, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've seen a lot of, of brands do that. You know, you mentioned the word platform and I, and I'm curious, you know, for those that like think blockchain and marketplaces, you know, you're allowed to export it to Polygon and Ethereum right now at the moment, but you, you, you kind of move between chains. What is like Recur built on? Like what is the, the platform itself or how does, how do you kind of position that in the conversation of blockchain and decentralization as people kind of move it uh, kind of multi-chain? So we're a centralized business, right? Uh, it, like a Coinbase, if, if, if you will, or a, or a Gemini or a Kraken and that a user's, coming in, but of course they can withdraw the asset to a blockchain of their choice and take it into their own wallet. Uh, we mint internally on, on Polygon, but we also built swapping technology. So when a user is withdrawing it, it can swap to a chain of their choice. So today we support Ethereum, Avalanche, uh, and Polygon. And we do a slew of different types of things. So today, if you look at the market, there's all these little businesses getting you know venture funding from a, a little payment solution, a minting solution, uh, you know, uh, a marketplace solution, a smart contract solution, maybe a swapping solution, a royalty reporting solution, all these little uh, things happening. And we've built an entire platform that encompasses all of those things and provide it directly to the artists, to the creators, so they can leverage it seamlessly. 
and, and access the market in a really meaningful way. So when we're talking about a platform, we're more than a marketplace. We're providing a slew of incredible technology right out of the box that these large businesses and creators and creators and artists can use so that they can enter this space this, with the same exact firepower of a Sanrio or a Paramount. Uh, so again, like that's what we really wanted to do. We wanted to make sure that no matter who you are from the, you know, a kid in their dorm room to, you know, the world's largest YouTuber or whoever it might be could leverage our infrastructure uh, and do it in a, in, a, in a seamless way. Sweet. Yeah. And I think that's an important just, you know, component, right? Because that the centralized component of, you know, understanding wallet management and, you know, there is that onboarding curve, right? And the more that we can help, you know, people come in with fiat and understand that they don't have to, you know, understand seed phrases and private keys and a lot of that decentralized piece, but giving them that, that gateway and path very seamlessly. Right. And I, I, I've said that, you know, on, on Twitter before I even, you know, got to know you, I've, I've, I've been doing that on a lot of, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, kind of exchange solutions. And most of them are not only not seamless moving one direction, a lot of them are almost preventing you coming back, you know, the other direction or, or even swapping chains um, through the centralized piece. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, like, let's go to like the recur pass component, right? So you guys launched that. It was, I think it was December. Am I correct? Like it was yeah. December. Yeah. So it was December. Um, you know, very much like an early access allow uh, pass. Um, there's also kind of a gamification in it, right? Having a combination of letters and uh, or numbers and colors. Can you talk a little bit about um, like kind of how that's kind of like emerged since it launched? Because like for me, I remember getting my pass, not really sure like if it was rare or if it was not rare or what it was going to get me, but then eventually realizing that just holding one alone was going to get me something, uh, you know, unique, you know, holding it since day one. But I think for a lot of people that, weren't there at the beginning, they, they might get in and say, do I have to have a recur pass to buy one of the NFTs that are launched there? Or, or how does that go? So how can you get, can I talk through that a little bit? Yeah. So you mentioned it earlier in, in, in the show and that when we launched the recur pass, that wasn't like a thing that was happening. We, I think we we're the first people to, to really do something like that. And the way that we were thinking about it was we actually had a discord going. We had an incredible user base, very small at the time, but they were awesome. And coming from the crypto space, we thought, how can we make sure that our early community not only is going to be participating in our first launch, but really gets to enjoy all the launches that we have, you know, coming up. So we did the recur pass uh, with the notion that, you know, there's going to be all sorts of rewards uh, going forward. And you've seen all the different things and the early access that you can receive if you have a recur pass. Uh, But for us, we look at it as this is our core community. The people that have a recur pass, you know, they, they've helped us build our community. Uh, they're our largest champions. We ha- receive feedback from them all the time. Like, we're not perfect. We're a year and a half old business and we grow and learn a lot. And we just receive feedback every day from recur pass holders. I had a Zoom call yesterday with a recur pass holder who gave me a list of feedback. And it was awesome because, like, we get to interact with our community all the time. Yeah. So the recur pass, we want to make sure that those folks will continue to participate in you know, the experiences that we build and that we create and continue to have a voice in our community and continue to really be rewarded for having been our, our early supporters from, from day one. And, you know, a lot of them have, you know, had a really great experience. Yeah, it's you know it's that a thousand true fan model, right? You're taking care of those true fans, you know, early, giving them you know, and some of the perks is you know you get access you know 24 hours in advance, you know, or an hour before or before public. You know, I also like that you know there there are there is like kind of like that management of supply so that there is you know supply for uh you know for those that are buying on public. You know, with Hello Kitty coming uh in the near future, I'm curious you know for you know I know there's a lot of brands that listen to this show because that's where my audience was in web too. So a lot of like CMOs, you know, and everything from enterprise tech, you know, from a standpoint, I think I actually asked you on this, the Twitter space that we did together back on uh, Alpha Mondays a couple weeks ago, um, as far as like that, like, you know, brand onboarding or brands kind of seeing the light, right? There are some brands, I mean, the, the IP that you're onboarding is, you know, uh, I mean, from Nickelodeon Rugrats to Care Bears to, you know, Hello Kitty. I mean, it's a millennials, uh, you know, hot by there, uh, kind of tapping to that. But like, just from like the brand, like affinity and connection, that's pretty large. But there's also like the idea, like, this isn't a, you know, a participation trophy. It's not a one-time drop and, and kind of remove. How are those conversations going with brands? Like, how do they go early? And I'm curious, like, 
you know, right now, how does that, you know, because I, I think one of the things that I was excited about, like I was celebrating the Nickelodeon drop because for me, it's an example that I can go use with all of these, you know, enterprises that are like, we haven't really seen anyone that like thinks like us or moves like us, you know, get into the space. But how are those conversations happening, you know, today with the brands that you were working with? So the conversations have definitely changed from, you know, a year and a half ago to today. And largely because a, a you know, pretty significant amount of education has happened, not just from us, but NFT community is awesome. Right. And there's a lot of folks that are going out and doing education and putting out resources that these large businesses and brands and IP can actually go out and learn. So, of course, we're doing education, but there's also been a lot of education. So it used to be a year and a half ago. We're explaining everything that an NFT could be, all that you could potentially do from token gating to extending fan narrative and storytelling to collectibles, all these different things. We were just teaching them. And then, of course, they were seeing, you know, the people selling for 69 million and all the other craziness that was happening, which, by the way, did get them hooked and interested because they understood there's some opportunity. Whereas today, so it started heavy education. And when we were doing it educating, our whole goal was, how is this long term? How is this being built into your overall content strategy? And how can we show you that NFTs really are the world's most incredible tool for community? And we kind of would take a almost like a history lesson. And if you look back at the history of the Internet, in the late 90s, you had Internet bulletin boards where, you know, people were gathering together and rallying around different ideas. Fast forward a little bit, you're in AOL chat rooms to Reddit where there are index communities and you can search and engage. And then Discord now, obviously, you know, people are actually talking in our Discord. You know, we have voice channels and people from all over the world are participating. And then one step further from that is NFTs, which are the ultimate tool for community. And, you know, you look back historically and community has literally driven everything throughout the Internet. And with NFTs, it's like you actually own it. You're a part of it. And if you're a super fan, you really get to engage. So for these storytellers and incredible IP who've spent decades building incredible narratives and, and, and stories, uh, this is like the best tool in, in the world for them. So it's how are they going to lean into that and what are they going to do and how are they going to view NFTs as a new way of distributing content, engaging with their fan base, and leveraging NFTs as a tool to be even deeper and grow and establish a larger community. So that's like the type of education we want to give them because we don't want it to be, you know, about, hey, we can sell this and it's instead of selling a t-shirt, we're selling an NFT. That's not what's happening here. What's happening is you are able to reach your audience and communicate and learn and hear feedback and participate. And you can even, you know, put out TV shows that are tied to these NFTs. Like what happens if there's a new television series that comes out, these NFTs can participate in that. And then you can go watch it on a streaming service that you have and then token gate deleted scenes and then reward certain people at movie theaters because you have relationships and then you have a partnership with an arcade. Okay. You can go there. So there's all sorts of different things that now they're understanding and thinking about. And now the tool sets exist, right? So a year and a half ago, a lot of it wasn't built. Fast forward to today, a lot of it is built and that the the possibilities are a lot stronger. And actually the bear market, I think, has been super helpful because it's changed the mindset of moving fast for a lot of these folks. And now into we really do have a long term vision. We're really bought into what NFTs are. Let's focus and let's make sure we're you know executing in a really meaningful way and making sure this is going to be very long lasting. So not a single partner that we work with is looking at this from a, you know, a short-term perspective. They're taking a very long view that NFTs are, you know, the next tool of distributing content, the next tool uh, of community, and they want to build communities on top of it. So, you know, that, that was a big piece of our education. Yeah. And I will say, like, I mean, I think one of the struggles for almost all brands, especially through web two was actually building a community, investing in it and, you know, making it sustainable and really giving it you know, mutually beneficial, right? I think for a lot of brands, they would call their Facebook group a community or they would refer to, you know, and, and really they were building, you know, kind of a network in, you know, per se, or it was like their place to, you know, top of the funnel uh, as far as like kind of just access. And I, I'm with you 100% on the, the community component and also that shared vision, right? There are people that have, you know, that brand connection that, 
you know, for me, like even like, trying to get my daughters to watch Care Bears in the funniest of ways, weren't really interested in the show. But then when I, they, I, they each have a ledger, I have three daughters. And so they get to pick certain collections. We move it into their ledger. And of course they saw like, the Care Bears one. And all of a sudden it was funny for me, they saw the NFTs and went, well, daddy, can we put that show back on again? Cause the show that they didn't like they, for them, it was like the graphics were old and you know, they, they like a lot of like the, the things that, that are, you know, much you know more up to date today, but it was funny how that kind of is another kind of full circle um, into the conversation. I'm curious, you know, I think for a lot of people that are, you know, I was part of the, the Rabatar playboy Rabatar uh, launch. And I remember being, beyond impressed with how they educated and gave the fiat option um, as well as the crypto option. But what I also noticed was when you're kind of trying to please both, there are a group of people that kind of like just feel like in the middle where like they're not full crypto, but they feel like they're more than like a, a typical fiat buyer. Um, and they, I, I feel like it's, it's a really hard kind of world to play. And one of the things that I've always, that I've been really kind of harping on is like, if every brand and every project has to launch their own discord and their own community, like we're building everything from scratch. You guys are doing it a little bit differently with kind of channels within, uh, you know, kind of recur and allowing that to kind of build out, but you're also doing individual Twitter accounts, right? Talk to me a little bit about how you're kind of approaching that. Like, you know, because if they're working with you, they're, they are coming into an established group of fans that have recur passes, right? So that's a, that's, that is a, an advantage, but there's also like, I mean, what percentage of them are going to like, you know, which brand and which project, but there's also kind of a, uh, there's, you're shrinking that kind of like that little bit of that learning curve, but we also know that, you know, community isn't built overnight. How are you guys approaching that, like that, that need? Because I, I love that they're going to be here for the long term, but we also know like, if other brands look at this and like, oh, well, okay, I can do a drop this way. And if they haven't invested with that core community, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder than they, what they imagined to actually build uh, kind of in this space. Could you talk a little bit about that kind of, you know, kind of dealing with both worlds? Because I'm sure from a customer service perspective, it opens up all kinds of, uh, of different conversations as well. Yeah. So first off, we have the best community in, in the world. And if you hang out in our Discord, even for a, a little bit, you'll, you'll see how incredible a lot of these folks are, uh, you know. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And the brands recognize that. And of course they want to be able to access that and access, access our user base. Cause it helps jumpstart a lot, a lot of what they're trying to do because um, we can, we can really help form, form that community. Uh, the way we see it is that ultimately as we're going to onboard new brands, it really is a community that they're trying to grow. So in some instances we'll run the community aspect of it. In other instances, We'll let them run the community aspect of it. When the community is being run by Recur, you know, of course, we have an incredible team of, of mods uh, and a whole community team that is supporting, you know, 24-7, as well as community members that are being helpful and educating. Um, but I think there's an interesting mix. And I think that if someone is going to build their own community, we'll give them guidelines. We'll try to teach them. We'll educate them. We'll show them what worked for us because we want them to succeed, right? They're building on top of our platform. We want them to have the most successful uh, experience as possible. And most importantly, we want to make sure the fans really happy and, and has that best experience. But we do feel that it, you know, it's not going to be sustainable over time for us to run community for every single brand that's going to be built on top of the recur platform. So, cause actually, you know, what we don't, you know, we're not public about all the time yet because we're not doing marketing on this like crazy yet. Uh, is that we have like some of the largest brands and enterprises in the world building on our platform where, you know, they're going out, they're going to do their own thing. And it's building on our infrastructure that like a ton of them that's going to come out in the next you call it weeks, months and, and years to years to come. Like I'm talking like the biggest, some of the biggest business in the world, some of the largest NFT projects, like so many things coming out. And those folks are going to manage their own experience uh, communities. But every experience that we're handling from a first party experience, meaning we're handling the art, the marketing, the, the creative, we're always going to make sure that we're running uh, the, the community uh, for that as well. So community is a big thing for us and our community, we learn from all the time. Like, actually, I was going to give a little bit of alpha uh, in that on our, you know, we've been hearing from the community about their career paths, right? And how can we make it better? Different types of things that we can improve. And one of, was, one of the things was, well, Maybe we, there should be a drop that's just for recur pass holders. Mm. So we heard that. And we're actually going to do a drop that's just for recur pass holders. We haven't announced which drop it is or when, or when it is. 
but it's here like a drop just for curb pass holders. And like, there's different types of things that we want to do and we learn and hear from our community, but we also know community is going to ebb and flow and shift over time as the space expands and grows and the masses are coming in. So we're, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch and, and see how communities develop, but our community, we're growing every day and more and more people are coming in and we're excited because we're, we're onboarding so many new people into crypto. You know, I, I mean, I think that is, you know, spot on. It, you know, it's, it's why I reached out after we talked because I was like, we are aligned in a lot of that, you know, mission and vision and beliefs in the space. We talk community. The other word that you know, always comes up is utility. And in this world, like one of the things that I've been, you know, kind of, I'm a data trends guy. And one of the things that I look at, you know, we could just put, you know, the Rugrats and Care Bears is that, you know, some of the trends that we would see even in, let's just say, projects launching in the same time frame, they're not actually mirrored with, with these two projects. And I think we have to recognize that there are a lot of people that it's their first NFT. They probably have it, you know, they don't have a MetaMask wallet. So their idea of like getting the Care Bear NFT and holding onto it is way different than those that are like smashing that export button, looking for their four and five X, you know, return and, and, you know, kind of maximizing off the floor. The other part of it is that I found there are people that like kind of don't like see the recur side of the house. They only look at it from like the open sea side of the house. Right. So they're like, Oh, like I see the floor price or I see total amount of supply available. Right. And, and people have to kind of recognize some of the nuances of like, if it's not over there, it's not going to be represented. And, and how does like some of those things uh, kind of go, but you guys have also done challenges, right? Challenges in the sense of, you know, you even using that word challenges, I think is a little unique to the, to the space. Talk to us a little bit of how, like, what challenges are and like the utility conversation, and kind of how you guys think about that in like kind of the the brand onboarding. Yeah. So one of the things that we thought about was how can we make the collecting experience even more engaging, more fun, and actually more rewarding for for the folks that that are collecting, right? Like as you mentioned, a flipper is just going to flip, and they're not paying attention to like actually the bigger picture here. Whereas no matter who you know who you are and what's happening, you have an opportunity to collect and ultimately trade in for an even more rare NFT. So we created APIs and infrastructure that we call a challenge system. And we have different types of challenges, whether it's time-based challenges in which if you hold an asset for a certain amount of time, uh, you know, you can be rewarded or burning mechanism challenges where you're burning an NFT and you're receiving different types of things and all sorts of other things that that can be done. Uh, but the purpose is, is how can we make sure that our largest fans, which are likely the folks that are really collecting to be collecting, can go out and, and earn something even more rare. And then on top of that, when they're going through you know, these challenges, it actually becomes a bit more fun and they have to make decisions. Do I wanna burn this PFP for this line? Do I not? What do I wanna do? Do I like this NFT? And it, it creates a different type of environment and it's a bit more, in, in, a bit more engaging. And we didn't wanna just do something stale. Like here's something, here's a one-off little drop. We didn't want to do that. We didn't want to make everything about that. So we wanted to make sure that we have these challenges, we have these quests um, to keep things alive, engaging. And that also, if you're new, right, like you can be a new. It's also interesting. We saw new people enter and sign up and now are going and engaging on Care Bears mm -hmm. and they can go and start participating in a challenge. Right. So they didn't need to be in that first mint. So it's not just like the only way to come in is buy off the secondary and then wait for the next thing to happen. You can actually go purchase in the secondary, complete challenges and, and be part of the whole ecosystem and community. So we helped, we thought that, that would be a more engaging way uh, to bring brands into the space. And we felt it was a great way to start off utility. We look at this as like digital utility. Yep. And then over time, there's going to be other things that can be happen, whether it's in real life access or digital access to different types of things. Like I mentioned, maybe different streaming services or token gated apparel or, who, you know, a slew of different op of other opportunities. Uh, but we as a business feel very strongly that utility should be, you know, baked in into these NFTs. And we're going to continue, you know, pushing boundaries and, you know, building new features that allow for, I mean, for Hello Kitty, we actually, you know, built an industry first type feature within NFTs, uh, which, I'm not sure if we announced just yet, but it's really cool. Like it's, it's, it's very cool. We could talk about it next week, uh, but it's very cool. And it, uh, yeah, 
it's going to pretty much change a lot of things we feel in the NFT ecosystem from a technology perspective of what you're going to be able to do with some of these things. But I, I'm not going to reveal it just yet. I, well, I understand how that goes. And, you know, in our Discord, we actually talked about, you know, I actually screen shared like the slime uh, challenge that you had with Rugrats. Uh, I actually posted in our Discord the other day about with the Care Bears drop. I was like, you know, who has the, t- you know, the lowest 500, uh, you know, uh, you know, recur pass if see if they got one of the uh, of the boxes to, you know, kind of do the swap. And you kind of, I like how you kind of like bring people on that, uh, on that journey. I'm curious from the, you know, one of the big buzzes that we've seen a lot in the last two weeks for whatever reason in the bear market, apparently we like talking IP and, and uh, CC zero has been a, you know, a big conversation. I'm sure for you, that's been a conversation for a long time because these brands have a lot of legacy IP with, you know, I, you know, with not only artists and things that are, are locked in place for, for years to come and, and from years back, how have you guys thought of that? Like, I mean, cause one of the things that I was kind of looking at when I saw Rugrats, right? Like I was like, how cool would it be if there was ways to like Rugrat characters born on the blockchain via, you know, being able to combine some of this IP rather than it just being using the IP, um, you know, from the, the legacy piece. How are you guys looking at that from like IP? Cause I, I know for sure, you know, brands are, we, it's going to take a while before they, they kind of let their, their grip on, on some of these things. But I also know there's, you know, some wiggle room in, in some of the, the projects as well. Totally. So it, it's an education process. So I look at a lot of these things as a step-by-step-by-step-by-step thing, right? First and foremost, it's incredible that we're able to onboard them into the space, right? They're here yep. and, and they're participating. That's step one. Before, you know, it's going to take time, I think, before all sorts of experimentation on that end will happen. But I think it will happen because the conversations are are happening, right? And they want to learn and they want to do these different types of things. But there's a lot of different stakeholders within an organization, you know, an IP ecosystem that have to go through various different types of approvals. But I think both, if you look at Nickelodeon and Care Bears, uh, in the Nickelodeon side, for example, we actually met, we had mashups, right? We mashed uh, Rugrats and Hey Arnold. That has never happened. So that, that gives you a taste of the creativity that Paramount and Nickelodeon are allowing. And I think NFTs actually incite that creativity. NFTs just all of a sudden get the juices flowing for everybody, right? Like it allows them to feel a little bit wilder. And that's really a testament to, you know, I guess showing that they are willing to experiment and explore in this space. And on the Care Bear side, our team actually created new Care Bears for the first time ever. New Care Bears, right? It's incredible. So IP that hasn't been touched really or changed or altered in decades, all of a sudden NFTs are allowing people to feel a bit more creative and experiment and explore. So I think all of these things will be a step-by-step basis. And like, like I mentioned earlier, I think like, you know, tying these things into other experiences that these folks do also will be a next step. Like maybe these NFTs are going to be in new shows or, or things like that. Right. Like, I think that's also a next step. And then, you know, could you potentially have ownership of, a, of an NFT and do different types of things with it going forward? Maybe, but I think that will take more time. And I think that, you know, all these large brands, all these large storytellers, they're in the exploratory phase right now and they're learning and they're onboarding and the community has been really receptive to them. So because the community has been loving a, a lot of these things and a, definitely a lot of the projects that we're, we're putting out, I think that that will allow them to continue to push boundaries, break boundaries and utilize NFTs as this next tool of community. And they'll start recognizing that some of these pieces are a key piece of that and they'll want to participate. So we're seeing that they're learning, they're engaging, and they are willing to, to try new things. Yeah. And I, and I think it's also just important, like we don't even have enough use cases of IP usage of NFTs that we could actually even, like I challenge everyone we have this discussion, right? Like go show me, you know, like we have Bored and Hungry and a couple that have popped up here and there, but like True. I think a lot of people assume that like what they want is IP, right? And you're like, are you actually going to take that and 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 you know, are you going to sell merch? Are you going to do these things, or is it like we have to help translate a lot of that conversation, right? I think for I think brands, artists, and and I also think it's it's kind of naive, I believe, for the whole NFT community to try to com- to compare apples to apples in brand launches and independent indie artist launches, right? And I think we do ourselves a disservice as a whole when everything should be like, well, I can't believe that, you know, it, it, you know, we could only, uh, you know, burn this for the first four hours. Like every other project lets you burn for as long as you're, and you're like, well, those are two different like worlds, two different goals. Um, and I appreciate like that component. I will also say, you know, you guys are using email marketing um, and some of like the things that, 
I've been harping that like we just have to get to right like I mean the fact that like I will say like I'm in the know um, with a lot of things that go on with Kerr because I mean I have two Discord accounts that are maxed out the 200 Discords each because we're buying an NFT every day. I mean it's a nightmare. I couldn't tell you where a notification lives. I've probably missed you know a couple hundred you know drops and things. But for me, between the Medium blog that you guys do, which kudos to the team that puts that out, uh, very well done. I think you know brands. You know for anyone that's listening to this, right? How do you educate and get the content out when? people want it. And then also how do you get in there in there like that real time conversation? You guys do a, a great job with that with email. I think a lot of other projects can, even if they're not building on the platform and they're not using that like a brand affinity, they can take some of those things hopefully and uh, move them forward. One of the last thing I want to kind of uh, pick your brand on a little bit as kind of like the entry point of, you know, some, you know, some of the mints being like $50 or a hundred dollars um, in the lower range we're, we were kind of going through this, you know, Goblin Town spark this free mint craze. Uh, I look for a lot of brands at like if they want to avoid that, like, quote unquote, you know, money grab, um, they definitely have to think differently about how much they're charging. But we also know if you're not charging anything, the bots, the scam artists, a lot of that, you know, opens the door. How are you approaching that? Like, and how do you how would you recommend, you know, brands that are thinking of it now in that sense of like, you know, what am I charging for? What am I using that money for? And then like, how does that conversation kind of go? Because I think it's important conversation that this space has to have as a whole. Yeah, so I think it depends on who you are, right? And who your audience is. Like if you're Gucci uh, or Tiffany, right? Tiffany, right, yeah. It, it might be different than if you're, you know, Paramount, right? It, 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 it depends. So I think that's first and foremost, like, you know, who is your audience? Uh, for us, the way we think about it is we look at the whole NFT ecosystem as, brand new, everyone's still figuring out what it is. Very small amounts of participants today relative to how many participants will be here in a year from today relative to two years, three years, five years, 10 years. Um, so right now, you know, less people involved. The question becomes, you know, what is the appropriate price? On our end, we're still exploring and learning. We really wanna make things accessible to our communities and we think that's really important for our brands. So, you know, we'd price things all, all, we'd be willing to price things all over the place, right? right? But for us, more importantly is how this is accessible. But we're going to start experimenting in different types of ways and change pricing and lower and higher and different amounts of this and that because we want to, we ultimately want to understand what's best for our community. But I think if you're a new brand entering the space, I would say that most important throughout this entire thing is how are you cultivating community and how are you making sure that you are building something that has longevity and have folks that want to continue to participate? That has to come first before thinking, oh, we're going to sell, you know, hundred of these things and this is going to be the price. And it's irrelevant because it doesn't right. matter because the whole purpose of the NFTs is, in, my, in our opinion, is you're building an incredible community. You're helping cultivate that community. You're allowing that community to participate in your, in these experiences. And then you're creating an overall better experience. Again, it's not selling a, a t-shirt for, for $20. Right. So how you're creating a premium experience for your, for your community. You want it to be accessible because hopefully you can have as many people in your community participate. We also want it to make sure that it's, it still remains something that, that, that is, that is premium. Right. And all these things are, it's, 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 you have to, you have to really think about it. Uh, but for us, we work hand in hand with the brand to, to think about the right way to price. And usually, you know, our whole goal and perspective is how do, how do we make this accessible uh, to, to the masses? Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, one of the, when I was showing it to my daughters, you know, I'd say just like, you know, for me, like one of the things I was laughing about is like, you know, we spend money to go to like Disney on ice when it comes to town and we, you know, travel to you know, amusement parks. And like, for me, like when we go to an amusement park and there's a Nickelodeon section, their view of Rugrats is completely different thanks to an NFT, even though they're, you know, I, my daughters are 12, 10 and nine because like I'm in there and they're now associating it to things where right? they even saw it as my, my Twitter photo. And they were laughing at the, the pink care pair that, that I had as, as my, uh, as my PFP. And, and I think I look at that as like a long-term brand play, right? Like, like all of a sudden this brand that like I tried, like, Hey, we should watch Care Bears. They weren't interested. Thanks to an NFT is opening a door and like long-term, you know, affinity for my daughters that, you know, who knows where that, you know, kind of goes beyond um, that as well. 
the you mentioned Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty is coming out, you know, upcoming um, next week. Can you give us a little bit of like for those that maybe are listening, maybe maybe never uh, purchased one of the you know NFTs through um, Recur? Like, what does that look like for them? Like, do they need to have a, a MetaMask? What what would the it's like if someone wants to get in on uh, Hello Kitty? What do they need to know? So definitely follow us at Recur Forever uh, on on Twitter to to you know find information. Uh, you'll go onto the Hello Kitty site. You'll make an account takes two seconds. You don't need to create a MetaMask. If you have a MetaMask and you want to purchase with crypto, you can. If you want to do it the old school Web2 style, credit card, Apple Pay, Google Pay, you can. It will take you about 20 seconds to to sign up. uh, And you can go one click of a button and and mint your Hello Kitty NFT. Hello Kitty for this season one is traveling the world uh, and going to make various different types of stops. And that's really the the, the theme that's happening here. Uh, but we're really excited. Hello Kitty for people that don't know. A lot of people are familiar with the IP, but people, not everyone really recognizes that it's actually one of the largest IP in the entire world. It is has one of the largest fan bases, one of the most dedicated fan bases, and one of the most global fan bases. Yeah. So we're actually, we support 225 countries. So I don't know your viewer base, but if you've got viewers from all over the world telling me you're traveled to 70 countries, which is wild, yeah. uh, everyone can everyone can participate. And that's another big thing for us. Like we say we want to onboard everybody, yeah. but if you're a business and you can only support five countries or two countries, like you can't onboard everybody. So for us, we can support 225 countries that can come in and purchase and engage you know, and play and explore. Uh, and we make it really simple. So like, I would suggest following us on Twitter uh, to follow along for, for the drop information. Yep. And it won't take more than 30 seconds to participate. Well, yeah, we'll put those, all those notes out there. And I will say, you know, we, we mentioned, you know, going to Korea and like when you travel outside the country, you figure out how big Hello Kitty is as a, as a brand from like billboards to, you know, uh, shirts to even, you know, integrated within, uh, I remember seeing it within menus at a restaurant, right? There's, it is definitely a, a brand that uh, has that uh, affinity. Uh, I will also say like, you know, the minting experience, I harp on that a lot uh, because I think it's very lacking in the, in the general uh, space as like spend some money, click a button, you get a Windows 98 pop up that says, you know, connect your wallet, you buy it, and it says, thanks, go go look at the NFT somewhere else. Uh, I love the kind of like animation, the different components there. Um, I will say for our collection, uh, we, you know, we minted the Care Bear uh, one for it, but we didn't actually uh, open it, right? So whoever uh, buys our collection, we left it. And I did the same thing like with Matrix, where you have to choose a red pill or blue pill. I didn't choose the pill. So whoever buys our the collection uh, in November will get that like uh, that luxury. I thought that's another uh, that's play. Really cool. And I will just say like for those that don't think about like gamification in this space, like those that take action, burn something, open something, it impacts everybody, right? So the fact that like you're not opening one, well now there's you know there'll be a limited amount come November that are still unopened when it comes to the the treasure chest uh, in Care Bears, and now that might have. Uh, additional rarity to it, additional uh, components to it. And so like, I love those elements of like, in some cases, taking no action could be the action that impacts, you know, a a collection in ways um, that most people aren't even kind of thinking down that road. So uh, Zach, you know, thanks so much for, for jumping on. You know, we got to know each other very recently uh, through Twitter spaces. I reached out and said, Hey, love to have the conversation uh for all those that are, that are listening is there anything that you can paint a picture maybe even beyond hello kitty or something uh that people can look forward to and i'll make sure all your uh your information is in the show notes as well so people can grab that yeah uh definitely try out recur and all the different experiences that we have and i think the point that i really wanted to you know double down on is that we have some of the largest brands and businesses and enterprises and creators starting to build right now on the Recur platform, coming out with all brand new use cases, which is really cool. So I think in you know months and weeks and, and years to come, you're going to start seeing a lot of businesses built on top of our platform. So if you are a creator and you're looking to get started in a simple way to, to you know reach your audience and grow, we have an infrastructure that, that you can use and you know, definitely reach out to us because our whole goal is onboard as many people as possible into this ecosystem and into crypto. Uh, and we believe the more people that are, are seeing these things and touching these things and exploring uh, help accomplish that. And then lastly, if you have you know been a recur participant, I also urge you to take the NFT off and go trade it or go take it to, a, you know, go explore and go learn about crypto because, you know, it can really introduce you to a whole, whole new world and, 
you know, being able to really own your asset and then take it wherever you want and, you know, have that uh, NFT be, inter- be interoperable is, is really meaningful. So you should really explore the space. I love that. And I will say like, you know, I think for some of our audience, they might have been surprised that I that I brought Recur on in the sense of, you know, I've been a little bit hard on some of the, the siloed uh, platforms. We won't mention their their four letter names and some of them that, that don't allow exporting or don't allow people to kind of grow into the wallet, into the decentralized ecosystem. I I mean, I went in and out with, Rug, with Rugrats probably eight or nine times, like for me from like, hey, I want to believe in, in it. Right. And like the fact that the you know gas prices are... are you know, depending on where Guai is, but fairly, I mean, really low from moving, you know, the NFTs around. It's fairly simple. It happens in a, in a, in a quick amount of time. The UI UX works really well. And I'll just say, like, I mean, Zach's not paying me to say it, and I'm not getting any skin in the game. But for anyone that's out there, like, we, we started a second podcast called Getting Started with NFTs. And really, it's because we had so many people that said, Brian, we love the daily podcast, but if we give someone that isn't in the space this daily podcast with 280 episodes to catch up on, they're already overwhelmed, right? And so we created a 11 episode uh, a podcast that they can share out. I would actually argue getting a friend, a family member, that person you want to get NFTs, buy them a recur pass, tell them to set up the account and get like, if that's their entry point, I can see that. I mean, my team knows this. I told my, you know, my team here with the podcast, I was like, all of you should have a recur pass for the sense of, like the email conversations, right? The way that you're bringing the information out, the, uh, you know, early access, some of that, like, you know, things that like, you know, you don't have to grind a discord. You don't have to be active on Twitter all day, every day to be able to get some of the benefits that we know exist in some of the other places. So, uh, you know, for those listening, you know, do your own damn research, of course, and not financial advice, but I will say um, for me, it seems like a, a great path because once they understand kind of that recur you know, platform and the fact that it's one button to export out into a wallet, well, now I can onboard them into a MetaMask, understand OpenSea, you know, start to figure out some of the other things. But uh, I think for far too many people, we're trying to give them you know, the ocean and say, <laughs> you know, good luck. And I mean, anyone, we all know that this space is you know, overwhelming and, and a little bit intimidating. I mean, just go listen to yesterday's episode, uh, you know, those that are listening to this. I tried to explain the 28 blockchains and marketplaces that we've minted on. And even at the end, I was confusing myself on like what wallet was with Flow versus Tezos and like what marketplace is preferred for Avalanche. Like I got myself confused and we know that, you know, a lot of people are confused as well. And so new users or even those that are like myself that, you know, have those degen tendencies, uh, excited to see what's uh, coming with Recur and uh, Zach, thank th- thanks so much for uh, for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Take care, Brian. Yep. Thank you guys so much. And you know, as always, everybody, make it a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.